Well, praise the Lord and good day to you and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on a beautiful Friday morning in the piney woods of Northeast Texas in a little community called Queen City, Texas. And we are gathered around God's word in 1 Peter. So grab your Bibles, get ready to join in with us today and hear from the Lord as he guides us into a, a more intimate and deeper place of his words of life, light, and liberty. How blessed we are to know the one true and living God, creator of heaven and earth, and the one who gave his son that we might live with him and by him forever and ever. We're so excited to be with you today. Do me a favor and make sure you share these broadcasts online for others to be able to have an opportunity to hear the truth of God's word so that they can learn also to walk uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. And uh, that's where we have to be found walking. And when we do, the fruit will be there. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And uh, just let me remind you, you can find us on YouTube at Curtis Hutchinson 316. You can find us uh, on the web at www.thecrosswaychurch.com. You can find us, if you have the iPod podcast app, whatever it's called, you can find, type my name in. Our channel is uh, for those who have ears to hear. And uh, you can also get uh, our Crossway Church app for your smartphone. And there's so many avenues through which you can find us and also you can follow me on Facebook, uh, both pages. I have a Pastor Curtis page and I have a Curtis Hutchinson page. So every morning somewhere around 7, 7.30, I post uh, commentary writings that I'm doing presently on the Pastor Curtis page every morning. We are in chapter 4 of Romans, one verse a day. And on the Curtis Hutchinson Facebook uh, page. We are in Psalms 37, and already one verse a day, already in Psalms 37. If the Lord tarries, we'll one verse a day it all the way through, and I believe he's coming today, though. How about you? Are you looking for your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? I, I, just, I just feel like he's coming today. Hallelujah. I'm looking for him anyway. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. First Peter chapter 1, and where we are today in our study is in verse 23. We're nearing the end of chapter 1, and it has been so beautiful. And again, let me just reiterate what this chapter has had an overall picture of, and it's us striving to keep the faith. If you look back, you'll see in, in uh, verse 5 that tells us we're kept by the power of God through faith. And verse 7, that we're going to have trials in our faith. And, and we're going to have to hang on. And, and, and verse 9 talks about enduring so that we can receive the end of our faith. Our faith had a beginning. Our faith has an ending. And that the ending of our faith is our last breath here in this life. Hallelujah. So it's about hanging on. It's about, look at verse 14. It's about being obedient children, not fashioning ourselves according to the former lusts of 
ignorant. So it's, it's about living our life, traveling through on this journey that we're all going through on it, here in fear. That means the fear of the Lord, verse 17. This chapter is about enduring, keeping the faith. If you keep the faith, the faith will keep you. Hallelujah. That, that's why you were given the measure of faith so that God would not only be able to keep you, but so that you could keep yourself from thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to. Romans 12, 3 tells us that. So here we're being reminded in this great letter, these words of life to us in verse 23. Let's start there today. And I just have to say, I believe God is going to impart light to our souls today. We're talking about the new covenant experience. We're not just Bible readers, we're Bible believers. And we're not selective anymore, at least, in our hearing. We are hearing, listening for the voice of the Lord to minister to us. Uh, we're the sheep of his pasture. He knows us, we hear him, and we follow him. And, and, and the new covenant experience in the book of Hebrews tells us, and other places, that he writes his word into our hearts. He puts his word in our hearts and writes it in our minds. So it's no longer we just hear it. It becomes a part of who we are. James called God's word the law of liberty. And when God puts his word in your heart, you are in experience, experiencing the liberty of the liberator, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God's word can do if God is engrafting it into our souls, if he's putting it into our hearts, if he's writing it on the tablets of our minds. So I just have to believe that God is going to give us something great today because today is where we are. Right now is where we are and, and we're looking at God's word and the spirit of God has gathered us around <clears throat> and he desires to do something in these next few moments. Will you anticipate that? Will you expect that? Will you ask the Lord for that? He will bless you if you're looking for truth. Hallelujah. So in verse 23, the Bible says, being born again. And that'll take a while to discuss because the first thing that comes to my mind when I see this phrase, being born again, that is telling me that I must have died. The phrase being born again really points us to a place where we were born all over again, but if you're born again, that means you've died. That means you've died. That's what being born again points to. It points to the cross because there Christ died for me and my faith in him allows God to see me dying with him and now I'm born again. Paul said the life I live now in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when you see the phrase being born again, just the phrase born again really 
speaks of life out of death. Life out of death. And I want you to think about something this morning that you may have never thought about before. That every person in the world, and that's everybody, who's ever been born, and that's everybody, has been born... Now, this is except Christ. This doesn't include Jesus Christ, and we'll get into that here in just a minute. Everyone except the Lord Jesus Christ, every human being, which is everybody but Adam and Eve, they were not born. They were formed. They were created, formed of the dust of the ground. Adam was, and Eve was created by a rib. God pierced Adam's side, pulled a rib out, and formed the woman out of the rib. So everybody but Adam and Eve, and everybody but Jesus, everybody but Adam and Eve and Jesus, get this now, has been born into this world in a, a, a state of being dead in their sins. We're born dead in our sins and trespasses. But not only are we born into a place of being dead in our sins and trespasses, we were born out of a place of death. Even the first birth, our natural physical birth, we were birthed by a man and a woman reproducing us after their sinful kind, dead in sins and trespasses. They were dead. We were birthed out of death. All of humanity, the Bible says in Romans 5, through one man's offense, all have died. All are dead. Every person who's ever been physically born in this world in this, into this world has not only been born dead in sins and trespasses, but they were born from a place of death because that's all there is. When Adam and Eve sinned, they died spiritually. They became dead in their sins and trespasses. In the day, you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. They died spiritually. They, they, they were severed. They were walking dead people. They were dead. So to be born even in this life is out of a place of sinful death and into this world as sinful sinners, a place of being dead and having no life except physical life, which has nothing to do with the spiritual life. People die every day and go to an eternal place of unspeakable torment because they never received that one who came from heaven who was not a living soul but a life-giving spirit. I believe that's 1 Corinthians 15 and 47, speaking of Jesus, the only one who came, who had life within him, and that life in him was the light of men. So without Christ, there is no spiritual life everybody's dead, everybody's born out of being dead, into a place of being dead, we show up dead, guilty, guilty before God. And it takes 
faith in Christ Jesus and his work on the cross for us to receive the life that only flows out of his death. And that is not just for the impartation of eternal and abundant life initially in the born-again experience, but for the fruit of that born-again experience we must maintain, we must keep the faith we were given because God saw our heart believing unto righteousness, the work of Christ trusting and committing himself wholeheartedly to the one who judges righteously, 1 Peter uh, uh, 2 and 23. And we need to remember these things. So being born again, we got to think about death because if anybody is born again, that means they, they lived at one time, but they died. Adam and Eve lived, but they sinned and they died. And we're all born dead in sins and trespasses. We're all born out of that place, but we live physically. We live physically. And this physical life that God has given us allows us to hear the gospel, to recognize that we are guilty of our sins, but that God has done something most amazing and wonderful. He's given his only begotten son that we might believe upon him and never ever die again, but have everlasting and abundant life. Hallelujah. That ought to make you shout this morning. Glory be to God that even though we were dead, we now live. Ever, even though we were once blind, we now see. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. So when we think about being born again, we're talking about coming out of a place of death where we were held and trapped and beaten and, and guilty and shamed because of our sin. And Jesus came and died and his death is the call. His death is the offer of grace that has appeared unto all men by which we can be saved from death to life and we can have his life eternally. Hallelujah. That's just the best news you could ever hear. And that life is available today. Not just to know you're going to heaven, but the experience of that life, the life of God, the life of Christ, the life offered to us is more than where we're headed. It's in us now. We have eternal and abundant life now. It's what we do with the cross ever moment by moment of our day that allows us to experience the benefits of who he is and what he did at Calvary. It's when we allow other things to, 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 to have more control of our mind, our minds to give other things more attention than we give the great redemptive plan of God. Just knowing I'm going to heaven is amazing, but also learning that my God is with me right now, and my God is able to do anything that I need him to do today, and I am going to experience my God today in all things, whether they be a great day, and I'm not wanting to complain about anything, boy, that's rare, or if it's the worst day, whatever that might be, we could ever have, if we'll set our minds on our 
our Jesus and what he did to allow us to die with him and to be born again, everything is going to get better today. It ain't coming, my friend. Quit looking for something coming and realize what you've already have, what you've already received, what you right now have access to. Uh, don't let the flesh rise up and say, yeah, well, I know that but. Throw that but in the trash. Take that thought, uh, uh, that distracting thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And there, my friend, you'll find that phrase coming out of your mouth. I feel like I've been born again all over again. Hallelujah. I feel like I've been born again all over again. Every day of the Christian's life ought to feel like the first day of the Christian's life. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches that if we'll walk in Christ the same way we received Christ, that we'll experience that abundant life that we have, that abundant life, that life that's more than you can describe, that life that brings peace and joy and comfort to the inner man that you can't really even describe, but you gotta keep your mind on him. It, when your mind wanders, you gotta let the Holy Ghost train you to capture those thoughts. You gotta let the Holy Ghost, let me say it again, you gotta let the Holy Ghost train you, good soldier, to capture those thoughts and you take those thoughts to the obedience of Christ unto death, his, his, his obedience. And there, my friend, you'll find the life uh, that flows out of that death. But if you don't do that, if you don't do that, if you make any excuse and you don't do that, then those thoughts are going to take you to a place that you're not going to want to be. Those thoughts are going to take you captive and chain you up somewhere that you don't want to be. But you can leave that place today if you will take those thoughts captive to where Jesus Christ took and put those thoughts to death, hallelujah, through his obedience unto death. Glory be to God. You say it can't be that easy. Oh, my friend, it wasn't nothing about the cross easy. There ain't nothing about fighting the good fight of faith that's easy, but it is a good fight. That means as long as you're fighting, you're winning. You're experiencing the victory of the one who already run the race, who already won the fight. He did the work. He finished the work. He perfected the work. And if you'll keep looking there, you'll keep speaking of that. Quit listening to these people that say you don't have to talk about the cross all the time. That ain't never come out of the mouth of God. What's come out of the mouth of God is totally the opposite of that. Uh, I forbid that you boast in anything other than my son and what he did for you at Calvary. I forbid that you boast in anything other than that you know me and understand me and you can't do that except through the cross of my son. I forbid it. I forbid it. I forbid it. So when men come along and underneath the, sky, the disguise that 
that they're hiding in their carnal flesh and they cry out and they cry out all self cries out so loud they've turned the preaching of the cross into a law they think they gotta say the cross all the time my friend we recognize that as carnal self just begging those that are learning to be determined learning to strive together for nothing but the faith of the gospel that's a carnal scream of selfish flesh put it down put it down so we can get back in fellowship but I got news for you there won't be any fellowship that's of God where those are putting down the cross instead of taking it up hallelujah there can't be any fellowship with unrighteousness uh, and those who are in the way of righteousness hallelujah there can't be glory be to God so when we talk about being born again we're talking about coming out of death we're talking about the life being born that speaks of life not just death when we talk about being born again it does make you think about death because being born again you had to have been dead you had to have been dead but it also makes you think of life because being born is about living, a beginning of living, a beginning of life. The word born means there's a beginning of life. Hallelujah. The beginning of life. You were born through your mother and father and you that doctor whacked you on the backside and you took your first first breath and cried because you were in a messed up place. <laughs> but you <laughs> but you liked it better in your mama's womb. Every one of us did. And when they brought us into this mess, they had to whack us to get us to start breathing. And, and then we started crying because we didn't like it and uh, put me back, put me back. And, uh, but praise be to God, we, we look at the born again experience. It's the place we begin to live. We were not alive spiritually before we were born again. We couldn't enter the kingdom. Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, you can't even see the kingdom. It's, there is no spiritual eyesight until you die with Christ and you're born again. Yes, he died for you so you could be pardoned from your sins. But you need to also learn that you died with him and that old man was put away in buried with him but that old man can be revived and cause you much harm and damage I speak from experience Paul wrote about it in Romans chapter 7 that old man can be revived that sin nature and bring much damage and hurt and dominion chains of sin for the Christian can be there. It, just because you're not under law but under grace doesn't mean that you're learning the way to walk in the grace of God, to live by the grace of God. And the only way you can do that is understanding the, the second part of the double cure. And that's not only were you pardoned, but John 1 and 12 says you were given power to become the sons, the daughters, the children of God. Hallelujah. You were given the power of God to be becoming. Hallelujah. So you can know that you're crucified with him, put away, and the new man can now live. It wasn't the old man that was born again. He can't, he can't ever live. He was, he was damned to death. God didn't re rehabilitate the old man. He got rid of him. 
and he made an entirely new creation out of you, nothing dealing with who you were before, nothing at all. Behold, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Glory be to God. So he, he created us in righteousness and true holiness. We didn't have any of that. We didn't have any. We didn't know about it. We couldn't see it. It, we, it didn't even exist to the lost man. But when we were born again, we were born again, created in Christ, in his righteousness, in his true holiness, and that's who we are as the new man in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's what being born again is all about. It didn't happen through any incorruptible. Look what it says now. Being born again, not of corruptible. That's what we are, corruptible. We're corrupt and we're corruptible. And everything that flows out of these physical loins, we produce children. They produce children. It's all corruptible. It's all perishable. We are perishable everything but the new man who's created in Christ Jesus through faith in his death. Life only comes out of death. I'll never forget my pastor friend, Scotty Williams, brought that in, in, to, the, uh, to the surface uh, that we could see it so much clear as he pastors Crossway Fellowship there in Dublin, Georgia. About three years ago, he brought this out. Uh, and, uh, and I tell you what, when he preached it, it just really, and it's not that Christians don't really know this, but there's a difference between between us, well, yeah, yeah, I know, and us seeing this. When you see the great power of the cross, which is being pardoned and receiving power to live and to be becoming the children of God, when you see that, it's it's one thing to be nonchalantly. Well, yeah, yeah, I know all that. No, no. When you see this, many times the word "seeing" is used in the Bible because true biblical faith, when it comes, you see. You have to see because when faith comes by hearing, your feet are placed in where you see. The word of God has brought light. You've trusted in that life the Word of God has brought, and that is a path, and your feet is in it. You, if you don't see it, my friend, you can't walk in it. When you, when you were being offered the gospel, you saw that you were a sinner, guilty before God. You saw the Holy Spirit was preaching truth to you and showing you the righteousness of God. Proverbs 12, 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Well, the spirit of truth is the one who preaches truth. Hallelujah. And when he preaches truth, righteousness is being shown. You saw that. You accepted that. You didn't know much, but you saw that, and you accepted that, and the Holy Spirit took you and immersed you into the very place you trusted for the forgiveness of your sins, which was the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 3. As many of us as have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death. 
Not a baptismal water tank. That happens after all the operation of God has taken place upon initial salvation. God saw our hearts believing in the death of Jesus for the salvation of our souls, the forgiveness of our sins, and the Holy Spirit took you and put you in the very place that you were trusting, in the death of Jesus. Oh, my friend, and the Bible tells us, as you have therefore received him by believing in him and being placed into his death, you are <clears throat> the same way to walk in him. Colossians 2, 6, it's so beautifully laid out before us by the Lord, but you had to see something. And you must see the cross more clear every, not day, but moment of your day. It's when we don't deny self through the taking up of our cross, we do all the big pieces of stupid that we do, all of them. I'm thankful to know that we can deny self, take up our cross, and through our faith in the cross, which is taking up the cross of Christ, we can follow him. And, and I'm just so thankful. You know, when, when those people, uh, when Christians find themselves off track and weary and beaten, and the, 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 even though they say they believe in the cross, well, I, well they have to have believed in the, in the cross at some time, but when they come back to the place of literally, literally looking at and trusting the very source through which life comes, which is the death of Jesus, I speak from experience and I've heard thousands of testimonies. They're all the same. I feel like I'm born again all over again. Well, if you're a Christian and you're looking for that, you're one glance away. You're one glance away. I want to say it again. You're one glance away from experiencing that feeling inside of you of being born again all over again. You're not being born again all over again. You were born again. But the experience of that is what you're looking for. That's why Paul, when he rebuked Peter, he didn't remind Peter of what happened at Pentecost. He reminded Peter of how he was justified. Think about it. Peter was still justified, even in his hypocrisy. He was justified, just like Abraham was in all the mistakes he made. But Peter's fruit was not justified. He was committing a sin. And while he was committing a sin, the sin of respecter of persons, the sin of hypocrisy, get this now, he was not trusting in Christ. Because you can't be, be, you can say, well, of course I believe, of course I trust. You can't be literally clinging and depending upon Christ's sacrifice on Calvary's cross, and you can't be wrapped up in that and carried away through hypocrisy. It's just not going to happen. The problem is that we're caught off guard. We're caught off guard. I said we. We're caught off guard. When are we caught off guard? When our minds are not stayed on the Lord. 
Come on now, somebody. Y'all say amen out there. I can't see you, but the Lord can. Hallelujah. Don't sit there all high and mighty. You know that they who keep their mind on the Lord going to have perfect peace. He made our peace by the blood of his cross. So to keep your mind on the Lord don't mean you just keep your mind floating around and uh, or you start quoting all this scripture. No, you know to keep your mind on the Lord in the way that perfect peace is experienced means your mind is stayed on the Lord where he made your mind new. He gave you a new mind. And for it to be renewed again every moment by moment of your life, you got to keep it where own what made it new. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So watch now. Let's move on. Y'all holding me up this morning. Let's move on here. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, not of that which is perishable seed, but of incorruptible seed. Uh, Non-perishable seed. It's the seed of the woman. It's the seed that was placed in Mary the Virgin. It's Listen, we're not born again spiritually by being born again through men. And we're born again through incorruptible seed. That means a seed that can't ever be corrupt. That means a seed that can't ever perish. You've been born again. You've been given life everlasting. This is why Jesus said you will never die if you believe upon me. Hallelujah. You will never die because you've been given. Get, look at how simple it is. You will never die now that you've received Christ, believing upon Christ and what he did at Calvary for the forgiveness of your sins that had you dead in your trespasses, you will never die because you now have life that's endless. It's called eternal life. The new covenant, the new priesthood in the book of Hebrews, the Bible teaches us that Jesus is now the great and eternal high priest because he has an endless life. Melchizedek and all those that went before eventually died. Day after day, they'd offer sacrifices. The, 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 the fathers would die. The sons would take over. They would grow old and die. The sons would take over day after day. But when Jesus came and offered his life in death, he became the great and everlasting high priest. It's because his sacrifice was so perfect so perfect, spotless, without blemish, the Lamb of God, per perfect, when he laid his life down and raised it up again, it is now an endless, endless life, an endless priesthood, and that means you will never die. That's why Jesus could tell those that believed upon him, you will never die, because you've received life without end. Not only will it never end, but it's as abundant as you're willing to choose to keep your faith in, to fight to keep your faith in what he did to give you the experience. No, not of just heaven that's coming for all who perish physically. 
But what you do with the cross of Christ each and every day is going to depend on, it's going to uh, result in the, the level of abundance of this life you experience. Those who are, they, 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 they're Christians, but they don't even, you, you don't even see fruit of their Christianity. And it's because they're not doing with the cross what they've been told to do with it. Take it up. Take it up. Take it up. You, 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 listen, theologically, talking about the cross, that's good. But if it doesn't result in our taking it up for me, then all I'll do and be able to do is talk and say words. I want you to understand that. Self, this, this thing within us that's no good. This thing that Paul said, within me, <clears throat> there's nothing good that is in my flesh. <clears throat> self screams the, the very, get this now, self screams the very loudest while you're carrying the cross. You've taken up the cross. Self screams the loudest. Self the Bible doesn't say shut self up and take up the cross. It says deny self. Self will never stop screaming. Put the cross down. Or if you've not taken it up, don't take it up. Self will never stop speaking until you're with the Lord, until this flesh is no more. Selfishness screams the loudest while we're carrying the cross. Come down from the cross. Then we can be in fellowship. Come down from the cross. Then we'll believe on you. Self screams the light. So, so growing and maturing and learning as Paul had to learn to be determined to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified, my friend, don't be deceived and think that's going to shut the mouth of that selfish thing that dwells within you. It's only going to get louder. The screams of selfish, the selfish screams are only going to be louder. The closer Christ got to the very point of death, the greater the temptations. Come down from the cross. Then we'll believe upon you. Well, that's what Christ wanted them to believe upon him. But they knew he, they, listen, that's what he wanted. That's what he did. That's what the devil did to Adam and Eve. Don't you know you'll be like God? You'll be able to do God's will if, if you eat it. Listen, Jesus wanted nothing more than for all of Israel to believe upon him. But he knew that if he came down from that cross, there'd be no avenue for them to believe upon God. Because it's not just Jesus, it's Jesus and the cross, his death there, the only avenue of believing. He wanted them to believe upon him so that they could have the, the, the way to the Father, but he knew that if he came down from the cross, they would have no way. See, the cross, the death, is the way to the Father through Christ. It's not just Jesus, just some imaginative Jesus. 
It's his death on the cross that makes him the way to the Father, makes him our way of dying with him and being born again to have everlasting and abundant life. Watch, it's not by corruptible seed. That means man can't offer you anything to save you except the gospel. Whatever man's offering you that you would do in and of your flesh, even if it's telling you if you'll just get water baptized, that will secure your salvation. No, Jesus secured your salvation in his death, in his suffering, in the shedding of his own blood. The Bible says in Hebrews 1 and 3, when he had by himself purged us from our sins. You try to put your hands in that to make to, to, to do a little bit of any of it at all to make it real for you other than just believe upon Christ and his work on the cross and then you make null what he there did for you. You need to understand it because anything we're carrying out, if it's not the Holy Spirit who is incorruptible, imperishable, he is God. If, if what we're doing is not him doing it in us and through us, through our faith in the sacrifice, it is perishable. It is contaminated. It is not good. It is evil even if we look at it and call it good. If it's not God doing it, it is not good. It is perishable. It will perish. That's why everything that the Holy Spirit doesn't do in us and through us will burn away like chaff. We're going to be, I said we, are going to be greatly disappointed for all the years that we did so much and thought we were going to be rewarded for so much. But hear me today, God only honors what God does. He only rewards what he is able to do in and through men and women, boys and girls. Every one of the saints, that cloud of witnesses that we read about in Hebrews 11, it's always by faith. That means God spoke, they believed, and God did through them what got done. And if it wasn't God doing what gets done, it's going to burn away. And God only speaks through and works through faith in the sacrifice of his son, not just us reading something and believing, so-called believing something in the word as a selective hearer where I choose what I want to hear and I choose what I want God to do. No, God did what needed to be done at Calvary, and then he showed us that the scriptures are now complete because his son completed the great redemptive work on the cross, and now the Holy Spirit of truth can guide me into all truth as long as I'm clinging to that which allowed me to have life, to be born again. So anything I do that's not the Holy Spirit doing it is perishable. It's corrupt, even though it might have a good sign and everybody in the community might think that's good deeds. But if it's not the Holy Spirit, my friend, it's not good in God's eyes because it's not faith in the only thing that has ever, ever pleased God. It's impossible to please God without faith. One of the reasons that he is is because everything God does is, is, is grace. 
That's what grace is, God doing what he does. He saves, he teaches, he equips, he labors through his people, all those things in the Bible that says, by grace we're saved, God saves. By grace we're taught, God teaches. By grace we labor, God labors. We're co-laborers with him, hallelujah. By grace, it has the, the, the reason it's impossible to please God without faith is because only through faith can grace come, which means can God come doing what he does. And God is only pleased when he does what he does. He's only pleased when he carries out his word. The Bible says he will carry out his word. Hallelujah. So we need to remember these things. It's not God and God having his will and then me having my will. No, my will has to be swallowed up in the will of God, which is found only through what he did in the cross through his son dying. That's it. That's the only place God's ever been pleased. Ever. That's why faith that's not in the cross is not faith. I don't care what we're doing with the word of God. If it's not faith in the sacrifice, God's not pleased with whatever we're quoting from the word, whatever we think we're doing because the Bible says do it. We're still hung up under the letter of the law if our faith is not grounded in the sacrifice of Christ. And we're, if we're not seeing the word, every jot and tittle through the blood, then we have no light to shine on the word into our hearts. Hallelujah. We need to get back to the born again focus because there we were given access to everything we'll ever need. There we were made everything that we'll ever be. The born again experience. So watch now. Being born again. My goodness, I'm encouraged today. Being born again, not of that which perishes, not incorruptible. I mean, I'm sorry, not corruptible. We, we, we weren't born again. And, and I need to say this, and I might have already said something similar to this, but listen carefully. God didn't use anything from your past to make you a new creation. Nothing. You're not the product of your past life. God says you don't even have one. It's gone. You're the product, as a Christian... You're the product of your faith in Jesus and his death on Calvary's cross. So we've been born again, not of corruptible seed. That means not of men that perish, but of incorruptible seed that will never perish by the word of God, by the word of God. Hallelujah. By the word of God. And we know this is talking about Jesus, who is the living word of God, because God spoke everything he created into existence, but he couldn't speak salvation into experience. Now, he had to come speak in the gospel, but he couldn't just speak the new creation. He had to become a man and live a sinless life among nothing but darkness and sinfulness and become our sin-bearing offering on an old rugged cross. He had to shed his own blood. He had to suffer unimaginable to us that we might 
be born again. He couldn't speak our salvation into existence, although he spoke about it. He couldn't just speak it as he did and there be a, a sun in the sky. He had to become a man. He had to come and save us. He had to come from heaven. He had to be the one who is the life-giving spirit. He had to save us himself. He couldn't just sit on a throne and speak it as he did in the initial creation. The creation that's called the new creation took God becoming a man and doing the work that had to be done for a new creation, so personable, so intimately. This is us being created fearfully and wonderfully in Christ Jesus through the operation of God through something that would appear that it could never be God. For if the princes of this world would have known what was happening on Calvary's cross, the Bible says if they would have had that wisdom, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The cross of Christ is far deeper than you and I will ever know, ever, ever. And that means ever. It's an, it, it has not only eternal purpose, it's an eternal effect on those who believe in Christ and follow him, but it's depths. The depths of God becoming a man and doing what he did, the learning, the understanding of that, who can know it? I'm talking about the depths of it. Who could know it? Think about that. What God did just to save you, the translation of you out of darkness into light, and in that moment you were no longer at all who you used to be. Now you might still act like it, but you're not that person. You're an entirely new creation in Christ Jesus. And it was by the word of God, Jesus Christ, which lives and abides forever. Powerful, isn't it? Jesus Christ, the word of God that is God, that became flesh and dwelt among us. The Bible says that we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, the one who came full of grace and truth to redeem us from death, the curse of death, and has given us life. The word of God is the incorruptible seed. Remember the promise in Genesis 3 and 15 to Adam and Eve. They've fallen into sin. They're dead in their sins and trespasses. There's a devil there, the old serpent, the liar, who's standing there, and he's, he, he, he gets judgment pronounced on him that, that, that uh, my friend, that, that his head's going to be crushed. Uh, and Jesus did that at Calvary. And, 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 and listen, he... This judgment that came forth, the promise of the seed of the woman. Women don't have seed. They carry an egg that's fertilized by men who carry the seed. But not this time. Mary being the only woman who would ever live, who would have seed placed in her, not made by men, not perishable, 
but seed, incorruptible, unperishable, the seed of the Lord Jesus Christ. That seed of the Son of God placed in the virgin by God to bring forth life. A life-giving spirit. Hallelujah. And that abides forever. See, this being born again is into a place we've been born. And again, let me remind us today, that's why Jesus said those that believe upon him will never die. Well, there is no, there is no other death. There's only a second death for those who are cast into hell in the lake of fire. The book of Revelation says that is the second death. It's appointed all men to die once. But it's not appointed to all men to die twice. The lake of fire, torment, unspeakable torment, hell, was not created for men. It was created in the, in the book of Matthew, he writes this. I believe it's Matthew 25 or 27. talks about hell was created for the demons, the devils. It wasn't created for men. But Isaiah says hell has enlarged itself. Well, how can hell enlarge itself if the only ones going there is an already set number of devils and demons and fallen angels and Satan himself? There's already a set number. God created it. How could it be enlarging itself? Because men, who that lake of fire and that place of unspeakable torment was not created for, have chosen to go there, chosen to be a part of the second and eternal Get this, second and eternal place of death, unending death, unending separation from God. But those who believe upon God's Son who was sent to give eternal life, life without end, to be with him, the one who has the endless life. Jesus is the one who now has not only an endless life, but an endless priesthood. Not only is his life endless, but his ministry, his intercession, his priesthood is endless, and you and I as believers are a part of that. That's, that's good news. Hallelujah. So watch this now. Let's read this again. We'll, we'll, we'll move our way through this. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. What's the, what's the incorruptible seed? The word of God, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Not only does he live forever, but he now abides, not just at the right hand of God, he abides in believers forever. For all flesh. Now, now he's going to talk about that which is perishable, that which is corrupt, corruptible. Watch. He shows the difference. For all flesh is as grass out in the yard. And all the glory of man, all the glory, all the glory of us. <laughs> Not the glory of God, but the glory of who we are, our great names, our great legacies. All this man, he's known for that. All this man, he's known for that. All of that, watch. All flesh, all flesh is his grass. And all the glory of men as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, all flesh withers because it's corrupt. It's corruptible. The grass withers and the flower thereof falleth away. 
The flesh withers, and whatever the flesh has done falls away. And we're told that again in Scripture. At the judgment, everything Christ didn't do, everything that wasn't built on that solid ground of righteousness, the Holy Spirit working in and through us, bringing forth the fruit, is going to be burnt up. And even, the Bible says, even the righteous scarcely make it, hallelujah, in. Glory to God. But we righteous in Christ, and we thank God we going to make it, even though it's barely, we going to make it, hallelujah. Watch now. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is talking about what the word that God has spoken. The spoken word. The God, watch. The, what God, listen. The word... But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Not selective parts of the word. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Life only comes out of death. Life is only found in the Lamb. Life is only found in Christ Jesus. And so for the Bible to tell us here, but the word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word, the word of the Lord that endures forever, is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. That means from in the beginning God created in Genesis 1 and 1 all the way to Revelation chapter 22, verse whatever the last verse is, you going to get the gospel if it's God doing the speaking because we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, but there is no life outside the Lamb. The life is in the blood. Come on, somebody. Y'all to be happy today. The life is in the blood. But we only live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's not the blood for initial life, and then it's the word of God for every bit of No, it's the word of God in the context of the living word of God and what he did, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, what he did as the Lamb of God. There is no experience of life while my faith is not in the sacrifice. While I'm trusting in the purpose-driven life, some planned scheme of men, anything that's corruptible, all those things are corruptible. Don't give me a book and tell me if I'll do the three things this man says I can do that I'll be delivered or that I can do this or that I can do this. And, and <clears throat> listen, those things are corruptible. What's written in those books for me to do for salvation or, or for me to do to deliver myself or even to be lied to and tell me that if I do these three things that it will be God delivering me because he, no, no. If it's not faith in the sacrifice, there's not going to be life. The any experience of life only comes out of faith in the death of Jesus. Those who disagree with this, their sin nature is, is deceiving them and slaying them. Self is who's telling them they need to move on from Calvary. Self don't want to take up the cross because self wants to rule. He's never going to stop screaming, but screaming's not good enough for him. He wants to rule. He wants to rule. 
My goodness, this has been good. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word, the word of the Lord, this which God has spoken, which by the gospel is preached. That proves it's a spoken word. The word of the Lord is spoken. The gospel comes forward. How can they be saved if they don't hear? How can they hear if they don't hear a preacher? How can the preacher go if he's not sent? You know the scripture. My goodness, this has been good today. The word of the Lord is the incorruptible seed. Everything else is corruptible. And even the word of the Lord that's out of the gospel context becomes corruptible because it's the law of death or the law of the spirit. The letter of the law or the letter the spirit is teaching us and showing us righteousness. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's been a great session today. This has been a great session for me. This has been exactly what I hoped it would be the Lord imparting his truth in my heart, stirring my heart with his encouraging words of life. And I pray that would be the case for you again. Can I ask you and encourage you to please share these broadcasts, however you can share them, through listening to them and telling it with your lips or hitting the share button, however. However you can get this great word out, please help us in doing that because the Lord desires to save every human being and he desires that every one of his people come back to the way of the cross and walk therein every moment of every day. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for praying for us. I pray that God turn everything in your life around in his glorious direction. If the Lord stirs your heart, to give to this ministry, that is between you and him. He'll tell you just what to do. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. I'll see you Sunday morning. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and him crucified. We'll see you then.